All right, so at this point in time, um, we're going to commence our Charity Sunday. And um, as I mentioned just a few moments ago, Charity Sunday is an opportunity for us to turn over the service to hear from um, charities that are doing amazing work locally, nationally, and internationally. And today, I'm delighted to say that we have Julian from Tear Fund with us, who's going to come and share with us the amazing work that this charity is doing. For those of you that are not aware, Tear Fund is a Christian charity with over 50 years of experience in international development. They believe that poverty is not God's plan and an end to extreme poverty is possible. Someone say it is possible. And so they work directly and or alongside local partners and churches in underserved communities. And they work in more than 50 countries to tackle complex poverty. How many of you know that's amazing work? Yeah. And so we want to hear a little bit more about this amazing work that Tear Fund are doing from Julian. And when Julian has finished, there'll be an opportunity to ask any questions that you may have um, based on what you heard. So please do open your hearts and ears to receive and also have your questions ready. But as we, as we would normally do here at the Cornerstone Church to welcome our guests, would you please stand and welcome Julian from Tear Fund as he comes to speak to us today. Good morning. You may be seated, everybody. It's all good. How's everyone doing? Yeah? It's all good. You're right, Shanta. You okay? It's good to see you. I am so blessed to be here this morning. I am really, really blessed. I'm thankful for Pastor Kunle for giving me the invite and the leadership of this church, and you all really for allowing me to be here. Um, I'm, I would usually be at my church in Birmingham. Right now, um, I'm missing them, but I feel at home. Worship was amazing. I saw a familiar face, which is great. And then also it sounded good. And you guys, I'm going to ask, you know, I, I'm, I'm a pastor as well, yeah? So um, when, I, when I speak at my church, they usually kind of speak back to me as well. So as much as I'm talking about the work that I do on a day-to-day -day basis in the week, when I'm speaking, I just need, you know, if, if, you, if you agree with something, you know, I, I don't mind the look at amen here and there. Or I agree. I'm like, mm, that's good. Yeah, so, so I can feel at home this morning. As I said, I am from a, a church in Birmingham called New Testament Church of God the Rock. Um, if anyone is watching, they should be at church now. But well, it's good to see you. But I'm so glad to be here this morning. As Pastor Quinlay said, my name is Julian. I am a senior relationship manager at Tear Fund. So my job on a day-to-day -day basis is to connect with churches and explain the work that we do and just tell you guys about the mission and the vision of Tear Fund. As Pastor Kunle said, our mission and vision is to actually see the world eradicated of extreme poverty. If I was to put extreme poverty into a metric, it is individuals or households, sorry, that are on a daily basis, it's about one, less than £1.70 a day that's coming into their house. And there's people in this world that are actually experiencing this. And I'm hoping that in the next few moments I can tell you about who we are, what we do, and ultimately how you guys can support us in whatever way possible for us to do what we're doing. Amen. So we've been working for about 50 years, 50 plus years, 1968 it started, so this way before my time. Um, but the work's been good. 
in 50 of the most poorest countries in the world. And I know you might be thinking, how does that affect me? You know, let's be real. Sometimes we, we hear from charities and, you know, especially in this climate, you know, in this cost of living climate where cheese is costing, I saw a shake of a head there. Che Hello, cheese is sky high. Yeah, everybody's trying to shop at Lidl now. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Because, you know, Tesco and, and M&S and uh, it's a bit too high. So I understand like, what, what, how, what is it about me that's important to help somebody else? But I'll get to that later because it's part of our Christian mission. Amen. But poverty is not God's plan. Turn to somebody and say, poverty is not God's plan. That was the wrong neighbor. Turn to the other neighbor and say, poverty is not God's plan. Amen. And, and ultimately, God wants us to all live in a life of abundance. Amen? Amen. But poverty, what it does, it strips people of this opportunity to experience this. But ultimately, God has a restoration plan. Hallelujah. And the church, this global church, the church that we're a part of, has a call to answer to get rid of this thing called poverty. And, you know, I might be up here for a while today. You know, I'm, I'm going to try my best to not be a Pentecostal preacher and go over my time. You know, if I say I'm coming down, just expect me to say that three times before I come down. Yeah. But ultimately, if you don't remember anything else from today, from what I say or what I show, is that what we do is powerful. Tear Fund works through local churches in the areas that we work in. We go in, we, we train individuals, and they then take the training, they then take the, the skills and resource their community to bring themselves out of poverty. We, we believe in the power of the local church. Amen? It's because it's the local church that brings lasting transformation to the communities. One more time, turn to your name and say, local church. Lasting transformation. Local church. Lasting transformation. Hallelujah. So I'm going to show you a quick video. Um, and you guys, and it would explain a little bit about one of the types of work that we do that is called church and community transformation. And then I'll come back afterwards and then we can just a little bit more, all right? Cool. Have you guys got that video? I should have given you the shout before. Awesome. So what is CCT? I'll let our friends in Burundi explain. CCT in Mugambi, Kurana Nishengero, Nishengero Christo, or Mugambi, Ukakurana Kali Nabanegiruko. The English of the Shengere from Ajangoyima, Azana After going through those CCT teachings, they discovered that they are able to do the development without external support. So CCT is enabling churches all over the world to bring holistic transformation and renew hope. But how does it actually work? We open the eyes of the pastors and the church leadership to see how the church should bring holistic transformation in the community. We always tell them that they should use local resources. So the church leaders 
try to be the catalyst of the transformation and church members identify the problems that are in a community. Fund, we believe that the church is at the center of God's plan for healing and restoration of his world. But why the church? We believe that the church is like a donut giant. Once awakened, it can just bring transformation in any community. Diante da maior cheia da série histórica, a igreja também foi demandada dar a sua maior resposta. E aí nós tivemos que retirar 420 pessoas de dentro das suas casas, abrigar 80 pessoas, alimentar essas pessoas. In addition to rapid response and disaster, communities are being transformed in so many ways due to the Bible-based training of CCT. When we meet here once a week to learn the word of God, support each other, and listen to testimonies, we go home as renewed and hopeful people. So as you can see, it's the local church that's bringing lasting transformation in these communities. And what, what a testimony that is when Christians are at the heart or the hub of change in their communities. This is something that we can do locally, naturally, in this church and churches around the country, but also internationally. We empower the churches to be the source and the hub and the catalyst of change. So since 2006, we've been able to change or transform 47 million lives through this training. And the training does have an effect. You know, nine out of 10 communities that involve themselves in the training that we do, we get to see that they then go on to either improve or build facilities like water points or schools or hospitals. And as you saw, one pound invested into the training brings around about 28 pounds worth of social value. Amen? But, you know, I wouldn't be a, a pastor if I didn't bring some word to bring this home because I can tell you about the work that we do. I can tell you about all the lives that are changing, but if I don't speak to the heart of the matter, then there's a problem. So in Matthew 25, between verses 31 and 46, if you want to turn to it, you can turn to it. It's okay. We see Christ have a moment where he's talking about how he'll be able to identify those that are truly following him when he returns. You know, before, before 31, he talks about the goats and the sheep and separating them. In this passage of scripture, Christ makes it known that how we treat other people, especially those that are in positions of need or are disenfranchised, how we treat them is how he'll be able to identify who's truly following him. Christ makes it clear that how we treat people or 
when somebody is in need, he refers to them as my brethren. Merely acknowledging their need is not enough. We must respond. In verses 35 to 36, it says, and I want you to catch this. It says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me and I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. My question today, church, is when you see all this stuff, when you see these adverts, when you see these people come in, what is your and today? How will you respond? And, you know, it's hard sometimes, as I said before, how, how do we connect with what is going on? I understand that for some of us, uh, you know, maybe not all of us, but some of us, this cost of living might actually be hitting us quite hard. And we understand that, you know, things that we could get before, we can't get now. But I want you to imagine a type of poverty where it's not just money that changes things. Because if I don't have money, but I get money, I can go to Tesco and get what I need, or I can go here and there because it's there. I'm talking about the kind of poverty that, that is denying access to things. You hear stories about there's no hospitals, no water, no schools. Poverty can deny access. It like draws a line in the sand that says haves and have nots. And that's why I'm saying, I'm trying to implore you today, when you see and hear about these stories, what is your and? When you see someone in need, Christ said, don't just leave them hungry. He says, I saw you were hungry and you gave me something to eat. What is your and today? And I believe that there are some people in here that can respond in, in many different ways. I've only got two minutes left. So I just want to say that you can respond in three different ways. We believe that you can give. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, Christ-centered generosity can change lives. Amen. So a gift from you can help us work with these churches in the communities. And what we will see is lives changed and transformed. I'm talking about mothers. I'm talking about fathers. I'm talking about children. And then, you know, what we, what we then see is that there is no going back to extreme poverty. You know, even a gift of nine pounds, I'm trying to get this right, nine pounds a month over a year could train three people in a local church to then do the training. And then you see hundreds of lives change just nine pounds a month. So I invite you to give today. Also, we, we believe in acting. We believe in, um, in advocacy. What can you do in your life to change or speak to injustice? And this is something you can do locally as well. We have an initiative called the Justice Charter where it invites churches like yourselves um, to, to partner with us and get resourced to be able to speak out against injustice, economic injustice, gender injustice, religious injustice, climate injustice. And there's another one I can't remember right now, which is really bad but we can talk about it later if you need to find me. And then also, we want you to pray with us. Who believes in prayer? Do we actually believe in prayer? So we're looking for people that will pray with us. So we, we also have a newsletter that goes out every single month. If you want to meet me at the back, you can, you can scan the code, sign up. You get the email each month. And there's ways for you. You see the work that we're doing, but then also there's ways for you to pray with us as well. Because I believe in prayer, but I believe that there are people in here that can give today. Whether you want to give, start giving monthly or one-off, I believe there's people that want to change their actions. We can talk about it today. And there's people that can also pray as well. 
10 seconds left and it's all good guys thank you for your time and if you do want to speak to me at the end but there i do i, I am going to answer some questions if i don't have the answer i'm happy to give my email out and we can talk another way but if you want to speak to me also at the end i'll be at the back as well come on let's appreciate julian this morning Thank you so, so much. I want you guys to be thinking about any questions you may have. But firstly, I just want to say thank you once again for joining us today and for telling us about the amazing work that Tear Fund does. We noticed, or I noticed from watching uh, the video that you, of course, do a number of different development projects uh, nationally, internationally. Um, I just have a question. And that question is in terms of the age ranges that you work with. Um, do you work with like literally newborns right up until senior citizens um, or do you find that there's a particular age range that falls into the services that you provide? Okay, so the, the parameter or the remit for our work is that they are in extreme poverty. So whether that is a mother, a father, a child, a newborn, that's where we're working. And obviously in working through churches, naturally you get a massive age range. Mm. So there's children that benefit, there's adults that benefit, there's those that may be more disadvantaged that benefit. So there's no, you know, the, the, just like the gospel, the gospel doesn't discriminate, right. you know? And we're saying, look, as long as, you know, if that's the, the threshold of extreme poverty is hit, we're gonna come in and help where you are. So children are being helped, adults are being helped, everyone's being helped. Amazing. Yeah, amen. Amazing. Awesome. And are there uh, uh, continents Yes. Um, that you haven't yet reached yet because it seems um, like you guys are almost everywhere. everywhere. So, so this is the thing. So I'm, I'm Jamaican, all right? Any Jamaican people in here? All right, so I'm Jamaican. And I remember when I first came to Tier Fund, I was like, I don't see Jamaica on the list. <laughs> <laughs> but we work, we work everywhere. So we have um, Latin America, um, Central America, Africa, South Asia. So basically the 50 most poor countries in um, poverty stricken countries in the world that's where we work mm -hmm. so wherever that may land you know we're going there so i was surprised that jamaica's not on there you know um because sometimes the behavior is a bit mad over there but you know um we, we work where the need is greatest that's mm -hmm. what that's our, that's our slogan wherever the need is greatest we're, we're, we're gonna go sure yeah sure. have you personally had the opportunity so, to go on trips unfortunately no unfortunately because i started during covid ah. um i wasn't able, able to fly so um and then also because we're a green company we, we've we cut down how many flights people are taking because we're realizing that the air miles is actually not helping the climate right. so um i'm going i'm going next year so i'm either going to burundi um nigeria or ooh, where's the other place or rwanda Okay. Next year, so April. I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping to take to Nigeria, to be honest. Any Nigerians in here? Of course, we're everywhere. Ah, sorry, I should have said Anyone Ghana. Anyone from Burundi <laughs> or Rwanda in here? Oh, yes, we have Hello. one. Which one, Burundi or Rwanda? Rwanda, okay, oh, wonderful. Yeah. So hopefully I get to go over there next year. I'm looking forward to seeing the work. Sure. Um, I speak to a lot of the, the staff over there. Sure. So there's loads of staff that work. So I, was, I speak to a lot of the, um, the heads of the countries that work over there and, you know, they're like, you just need to come over, you need to come over. And I'm mm. like, I'm coming, I'm coming. But sure. they're, they're doing such amazing work. And, you know, it's not, it's, we're not an organization that is just centralized in the UK. A lot of our leadership is across the world mm. um, because we, we know that 
it's individuals that are in the context that know it the best. Right. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So this is not about going in as a savior uh, and, and just doing what you're doing. Empower the community, empower the people Absolutely. that are there. So yeah. Amazing, amazing. Gonna throw it out to you guys. If anyone has one or two questions, just please feel free to raise your hand and the mic will, will come around to you. I see a hand raised there. Hello. Yeah. Thank you so much. I've heard about telephone, but no really know what they, <laughs> they Say do. That, sorry? Yeah. I heard about telephone, but not sure what they really what they do. They do, yeah. Yeah. Now, how do you identify those um community that needs help that are in their poverty? Is it through research or through churches in that community? Or yes. through recommendation? So so naturally, as I said, if they, the threshold of, of the extreme poverty line is the first metric. But obviously, because we have a lot of people that work on the ground over in the areas that we work, the churches, the partners that we have, they, they speak to us about where the need is greatest. Um, I'm, I'm currently working alongside a church um, in, well, it's Jesus House Church, one of the pastors there. But he has a partner in Nigeria and he's like, we really want to do some work over there. I linked him with my um, country director in Nigeria. They were like, yeah, we can go in there and we see the need. And, and we, we, so sometimes it's about partnership as well. And you know, me being here in England, I don't know necessarily what's truly going on. Whereas people that are on the ground know what's going on and they can kind of guide us accordingly. So it, it's, it's, it's a mixture of everything, but it's, we take as much guidance from individuals that are in the context because they really know what's going on. We, we, we only know what we know. So we just, we get guidance from everybody that's on the ground. I hope that helps the question. Okay. Amen. Thank you. Any other questions um, whilst the mic is going around? For those of you that are watching online, I'm going to also check the chat. So if you have any questions, please feel free to put the questions in the chat and we'll see if we can get them to Julian as well. Yes. Um, my question is twofold. Uh, so one, what's the like metric of success? Like, how do you know, like, when you go and do an operation, how do you know, okay, uh, you know, mission accomplished, we could go now? And two, how do you safeguard against, um, uh, you know, abuse of the system, Corruption. money being misspent, stuff like that? Yeah, so as I'll answer the first one, the second one first, because it's fresh in my mind. Naturally, we have policies in place that enable us to combat those things. Nothing is foolproof. Right, so we do what we can, and everybody's trained accordingly. Listen, if you know the amount of training that I had to go through to, to even get <laughs> to, to when I first got on the job, hours and hours and hours of policies and understanding, and everybody from the company, from the top down, from the CEO all the way down, have to do this training. And it's um, the, the HR process is very rigorous, um, and our procurement process is very rigorous, um, which I found out very soon. Um, so there's, there's lots of things in place to safeguard it. As I said, nothing is perfect, but we do what we can. The first question of the metric of success. Um, I, one of the things that we did, so the study, I can give information for the study that we did. We did an impact report to see how our money is moving. So that, that metric that was set on the screen in terms of for every one pound invested, we see 28 pounds worth of social value. 
so what actually that is for every pound that goes in it turns into seven pounds worth of community resources so the water points and the schools and the health clinics and then what that does it transfers to it's like 270 some 281 pounds worth of social value so i can't get into the nitty-gritty right now but if I, could, I can send you the the impact report which explains it it's about 28 pages long i'm not gonna lie mate but it, it will explain everything how them how they're measured how they're scaled and 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 because there's there's genuine research behind it this is one of the questions i had when i first came so what do you mean how do you know it's working but when you go there and when i speak to individuals and i see how lives have changed so that that um uh, community in Burundi, in Mabira, Mabira, Burundi, sorry. So the issue that they had is that where their village was, was 11 miles away from a hospital, right? 11 miles away from a hospital, and the only way to get there was on a dirt road, on a moped. And their community said, well, when, if someone's in labor, that could be catastrophic. If someone needs emergency treatment, that could also be catastrophic, catastrophic 11 miles away. So they saw the need of a hospital, and they built it and they now have a hospital within their village with qualified people. So no one now longer has to go 11 miles away. So there's some things that, you know, you can't put a metric on it when, when things change. So it's things like that that help, but there are some measurable, measurables that I can give you because I can tell that you're a stats man. You know what I mean? That's why you play keys, isn't it? It's all right. <laughs> but hopefully that gives some insight and we can talk and I can, as I said, email, I'll send you what I need to send you and we can speak accordingly. Wonderful. We'll take one last question if anybody if has one has last one. question. Is there anybody? That's no. Oh. oh, okay. Oh. Yes? No? Or you point into the lights or oh, no, you have up. a question? You don't have a question. You point into the lights. All right, okay, <laughs> perfect. Oh. Well, Julian, thank, thank you so so much. So good. Church, would you help me appreciate Julian? Thank you, Cornerstone. Now, before you go, Julian, um, you mentioned that a uh, number of different ways in which we yes. could support as a church. You talked about uh, £9 a month yeah. would uh, help free people get trained. Yeah. Um, was that correct? Did yes, I get that yes, right? Yes, free yes, people yes. Will get trained. Um, and he did also say that if you want more information, you want to have a chat with him or the like, he will be available at the back as well. But, Julian, we have a little bit of a surprise for you surprise. today because we here at the Cornerstone Church, want to sow in oh, to the work of Tear Fund and the amazing work that you're doing. And so today, as a church, wow. we wanted to present a check to Tear Fund for £5,000. Really? And the amazing work that you're doing. Oh, amazing. You know what? I've always wanted to hold one of these big checks, you know, guys. <laughs> so church, let's celebrate Tear Fund today amazing amazing thank you so much for the amazing work that you and the charity do and um, we hope that that drop in the ocean will go a long way towards the the great work that you are you're doing and i think the guys want to get uh, a picture
Thank you so much. Let's appreciate Julian one more time. Amen. So um, I just wanted to share a few um, closing thoughts with you in a, in a couple of uh, closing scriptures um, alongside those thoughts. Um, and the first scripture that I wanted to uh, bring to your attention is Acts chapter 9 verse 36. And in Acts chapter 9 verse 36 it says, At Joppa there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. Someone say charitable deeds. Charitable deeds, which she did. Now many of you may or may not be aware, the word charity in and of itself you won't find that word in most of the newer versions of your uh, scriptures. It is primarily found in older versions like the King James Version. And nearly always where you see the word charity in the Bible, it's translated to love. And it's talking about doing um, charitable deeds through a heart of love. And of course, when we give of our time, when we give of our resources to those in need, we are showing and demonstrating acts of love as we ought to as believers. How many of you believe that we should be doing that as believers? Yeah. And the Bible has a lot to say about doing charitable deeds and showing acts of love. And one thing I found is that almost every year when it comes to Charity Sunday, one of the scriptures that I like to read in light of this is Matthew 25. And every guest always comes and reads that scripture. But Matthew 25, verses 34 onwards says, Then the king, speaking of Jesus, will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Verse 37 says, Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it for did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. In this scripture, Jesus makes a direct connection between helping those in need and serving him. And another great example of this connection is found in Proverbs 19 verse 17. It says, he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord and he will pay back what he has given. There is a connection there again between giving to the poor and serving God. And I just wanted to say this morning that we should rest assured in the fact that in the giving of our time, in the giving of our finances, in the giving of our support to those in need, God sees this and he honors you for this. And I commend each and every one of you for this. I do believe that the more we can come together collectively with our time in, volunte in volunteering and also in the giving of our finances, the more we can do to help those in need. I believe that several drops collectively can become an ocean. And when we come together and give what we can and combine that together, 
as brothers and sisters in Christ, as one body, we can be of influence and help those in need when they need it the most. Amen. Amen. Today, as you have seen, we have donated £5,000 to the work of Tear Fund, but they are not the only charity we have and are giving to before the year closes. In case you're not aware, when you give of your tithes and your offerings every week, we put a portion of that aside for what we call our community charity and support budget. That budget is used to support individuals in need. It's used to support charities. It's used to support ministries and churches locally, nationally, and internationally. And because of your generosity, we've also given or are giving funds to the following organizations. Endure Mentoring. Endure Mentoring is an award-winning service that works to change the lives of young people, ex-offenders, and families living in disadvantaged communities throughout South London and surrounding areas. They provide mentorship and support to disadvantaged youth and families in order to empower them to reach their full potential. We are also giving to Signal Family Support, a mutual support group for families of autistic children right here in Lewisham. We're also given to the 999 Club who provides shelter, advocacy, and advice for the homeless in the borough. We're also giving to Food Cycle, a UK charity that combines surplus food, spare kitchen spaces, and volunteers to create free course meals for people at risk of food poverty and isolation. It doesn't stop there. We've also given to Open Doors, supporting persecuted Christians, including children, in some of the most anti-faith countries globally. And we haven't finished there. We've been given to the British Red Cross in the midst of the Israel-Palestine hum humanitarian crisis. I don't know if you're aware or not, but since uh, this war restarted on the 7th of October, more than 16,000 people, including children, have lost their lives with over 35,000 people injured. And they have teams on the ground providing medical care, shelter, and essentials, risking their own safety, risking their own lives to get vital aid to people uh, day after day. And they have been facilitating trucks of aid with vital medical supplies, food, water, milk, and nappies for children, and also providing tents as well. How many of you believe that it's such a blessing that we can give to these amazing charities doing such amazing work? But our giving hasn't and didn't stop there. Because we've been able to sow into new church plants. Which has been a massive thing on my heart because I know that we did not have that when we started. And I think it's a blessing to be in a position where you can help others have that which you yourself didn't have. And I know how difficult it can be to plant a church from the ground, trusting God as you ought to, but believing that people will sow and bless and not having that necessarily. And so to give people that head start and that leg up as a church is something that I'm so thrilled about because we are all one body in Christ. And so we have also supported a number of new church plants. We've supported standalone ministries and also churches who are also running charitable 
project. Some of these churches include His Kingdom Church, A New Thing, City Worship, A Life City, The Higher Place, and Caris Communications, meaning that this year alone, we have supported 13 organizations. As a result of your generosity, we have now, in the last few years alone, given away approximately £60,000 to charities and those in need. And if we continue to honor God with our tithes and our offerings, we will be able to give away even more in the next two years. And I'm setting us a challenge and a goal that within the next two years, we will get to that place and point where we can say we have given over £100,000 away to charity. How many of you think that's possible? How many of you are up for that challenge? And this is just a start. I can't wait until we're able to open up youth clubs until we are able to home the homeless, yeah. give away families, uh, give away, give away families. Someone said yes. <laughs> give away homes to the families. Give away cars to those who need cars. Build schools, because what we're seeing in the curriculum these days is another thing. Build wells, support missionaries, and much, much more. So I want to thank you for your giving. But I also want to challenge you, let's not stop there. Let's do more where we can, not just in our funds, but volunteering our time so that we can be a blessing to those in need. Amen. But church, would you celebrate your generosity this morning in those that you have been a blessing to? Amen. Before we get ready to receive our giving today and close, I just want us to bow our heads and take a moment to pray.